0: And welcome back to another episode of my show, Amy Weber Unleashed. George, I got you in studio. I'm so excited.
1: I've been like kind of thinking about this moment since I took you to the airport. And then (laughs) after I took you to the airport, John was like, hey, you know what? You'd be a really good guest on Amy's show. And I was like, wow. Yeah. I must have been a good Uber driver that day.
0: Well, we got a little lost.
1: We did get a little (laughs) lost, but I mean like that's... (laughs) The difference between Google Maps and Apple Maps, I mean, I don't even know what I was using at the time, but I know I should have probably been using an actual map.
0: That's okay. It's not like we had a pin or anything to find it, but we got there. True. All that matters is that I got to my final destination, got onto the jet, and flew home safely. Absolutely. I know. So, um, George, I'm just, I'm going to get into your psyche today. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I'm. I'm fascinated by you because first glance, and I always talk about how people look at people from the outside, you know, looking in and they have these preconceived ideas. I would think that you would be a stand-up comedian or you might be a musician. Mm -hmm. Um, Never did I take you for, and tell me your exact title. You are a teacher of kids with special needs.
1: Yes. So I'm a licensed special education teacher. Okay. That's what I went to college for but i also i you might get these vibes i'm an announcer i'm a sports announcer okay and kind of like mc so like i i don't do just stagnant like you know <laughs> classic old <laughs> reporting and that's a first down you know i right. get into it i tell the crowd to get hype
0: you do color commentary
1: i yeah but i mean we i don't i've never done a live like tv recorded color commentary okay. i think i would murder that but th- i know if i keep doing enough high school games like my name's getting out there eventually okay. it'll
0: I could have used you. I did color commentary for the lingerie bowl. Oh, uh, my God. And I love football, but I don't know enough about it to actually color it while it's happening live.
1: So when was this? When On did
0: pay-per-view. You? Actually, John was a part of it, too. Um, gosh, I don't know what year this was. Probably two, in the 2000s, somewhere back in the archaic mm.
1: age when yeah. I had no
0: wrinkles. And
1: That's when I was getting programmed to love up. football. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... 2000 yeah yeah at that age i was just getting synced by football my father was a football coach okay and you know i was pretty much surrounded whenever you're the the coach's son like i would you know be at practice with my dad every single day so that you just it becomes normal seeing that kind of environment and atmosphere and then now that's why i love doing announcing okay that's why i'm so confident that i would crush color commentary yeah but I am. Uh, I'm more interested in this lingerie bowl. Like, yeah. was this? Do you know you what said this it was, was? Well, I've heard of gr- women playing football in lingerie.
0: Right. This was the no. This was the OG. This was the very first pay per view special lingerie bowl okay. where Angie Everhart played and Nikki Ziering. Yes, it was quite the spectacle.
1: I will have to Google those people. Please
0: do. Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, you don't know who they are? I have no clue who those people <laughs> Angie are. Angie Everhart was a Sports Illustrated swimsuit. She has red hair, gorgeous, statuesque. Mm. I mean, all the girls were beautiful, but, but people didn't understand what was happening behind the scenes, which was... They wanted it was tackle football in lingerie. I was
1: about to ask if people were getting really like just lit up. They wa-
0: yeah they wanted of course something to happen. It was pay for you. They were hoping for some type of rated R you know um, uh, Janet Jackson halftime Super Bowl situation right. to occur. Um, but the girls were really upset, and so they started wearing undergarments under their mm. actual uniforms, and then they were going to get fined. Because that was not in their contract that they were allowed to wear I don't know, it was just this kind of mess. I wasn't a part of it. All I know is I was just calling calling the game.
1: Man. And then you had the insider information. You I knew did. why the girls were getting fined. Yes. Like And girls were whoa. getting hurt
0: and people were on crutches and this was full blown, yeah, tackle football.
1: Yeah. I mean, whose whose like money was behind that? Like whose idea was it? Because my dad's always said it and I, you know, never understood why it really took off, but it's like you put women in little to no clothing
0: scantily clothed right
1: and you either have them wrestle or they play football sure. and that would like in theory that should sell so who was the mastermind behind this
0: some guy named Mitch i don't remember his last Mitch. name and then i think there's actually still a women's football league going on somewhere somewhere yeah yeah out there. Okay, wait. I want to get back okay. to you because I, even though how interesting bras and panties are, I think you're more, more, I more interesting. Uh, yes.
1: <laughs> I just had to know. That's an yeah. interesting fact.
0: Definitely. Okay. So were there teachers in your family? What What made you want... Oh, there were. Yeah. So
1: okay. my uh, father was a teacher. My uncle is also a teacher. They both uh, are Cuban immigrants. Okay. So they came when they were seven years old, uh, right around like 1970-ish. Okay. Uh, and then they... So they made their, their life here in Las Vegas... Uh, from that point in time on, and they worked in casinos, they worked as, like, uh, teacher aides. Okay. And then as after they were teacher aides for about 10 years, then they became teachers. And then my uncle's daughter became a teacher. So it's, like, a very long line of teachers in okay. my family. So I got nothing but, like, that growing up.
0: Okay. And you loved it. They were happy. They felt like they were, obviously, gosh, teachers are just
1: <laughs> yeah
0: pillar of our society.
1: I mean, we are uh, being special education teachers, it's a very unique side. So we're all special education teachers. Oh,
0: you teachers. are. You're not the first in your family.
1: No, we so we are all special education teachers. And that's typically where, you know, I'm gonna say it. it's it's a place where you need rough and tough people, people that have had like harder backgrounds to kind of resonate and connect with the kids. Okay. Because a lot of the times, um, Families of people with special need children—they go through, the, you know, the six stages of grief. You know, they have to really identify and understand, like, this is going to be forever. Okay. You know, and then you have to plan a life out around your child. And by the time that happens, and they're high schoolers, like we get them, you get a lot of emotional mm-hmm. family trauma. Yeah. So, not saying that my family had like this huge emotional trauma, but. There's a lot to be said about an immigrant family well, yeah you're making it, you've been through it right? its not
0: like you were silver spooned and
1: well they yeah. did that so I could be okay. and then I took all those lessons I'm a firm believer in like learning from those lessons yeah. um, because I'm not gonna not acknowledge that I had everything I ever wanted in life okay but I understand there's like a, the reason why I have that is because mom was at work you know 6 a.m to 8 p.m the
0: sacrifice right? I saw my
1: dad doing it yeah and it's I know it's a part of the process so I'm I've been uh very blessed to be around so many good people
0: okay so Mm -hmm. tell me about so when you say special needs can you explain I'm, I'm sure there's a whole spectrum that you're dealing with is it autistic is it what can you walk me through that
1: yeah so there's 13 classifications uh for disabilities, okay, um, these range from like emotional disturbance. The children I have, people on the autism st- spectrum, you have blind students, you have deaf students, uh, you have students that are going to be wheelchair bound for their whole lives. My there's gosh. thirteen. There's thirteen uh, categories okay. that they, they can get placed in. Once your child in the state of or in the country of America gets placed in those categories, at that point in time they will in school have an IEP which is like IEP
0: yeah i i thought that when a, i had no idea what an IEP was mm-hmm. and you can you can help me explain this but i had no idea that when my children were still in public school that there were kids in their class that had IEPs which no one would have known about so basically they have maybe a test that's a little bit different they have a little bit more time to complete these tests i mean i didn't know they said they said to me cuz i had my daughter tested and She was just bored is what she was. Mm -hmm. Um, She, they're like, she's like, she got tested a few years ago. They're like, she's the ninth grade level. She's not like genius, but she just was getting really bored. She's gifted and she's very artistic and they Mm -hmm. were teaching in a very black and white way and she loves color. And so they said to me, probably 30% of the kids in her class are IEP and you would never know it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because they're not visible disabilities. right? You know, people think about people being disabled. You see the Special Olympics and you see a lot of people that have visible disabilities, people with Down syndrome, people in wheelchairs or cerebral palsy, like a whole bunch of these different visible disabilities. But there is so many individuals that have disabilities that nobody can see. They're all internal and it's up to us as educators to identify that and work towards that. So you mentioned what is an IEP. I can break it down as to being an individualized education plan. Okay. AKA the most badass thing you can have. If you, if you have a child and they have an IEP, you need to take that stuff seriously because it's literally government mandated that we teach your child a certain way to help them succeed. And guess what? Parents, students, teachers, all we got to do is just like... Be like, all right, what's going to make that kid go to the next step? You write it out, and it's law that we enact that.
0: I love that because, like, what not one size of teaching fits everybody. And unfortunately, in America, that is the way that people teach. Mm -hmm. It's like one size fits all. If you don't get it, tough shit. And then, you know, some, it's like, and then. They want people, especially they were in a blue ribbon school district, and they they don't want to leave these kids behind. So they just kind of keep passing them, even though they haven't completely learned the fundamentals that they need to learn. I mean, even my daughter at one point, it was like, how are you doing division when you never completely learned your multiplication table? Right. But it's like, no, just keep going. Just shove yeah. them along. Yeah.
1: You battle a lot of different external factors. Um, we've discussed what you do. And homeschooling, which I believe is, I I believe slowly but surely more people are going to do it. And if they don't homeschool, it'll be all online learning. I would say this is within the next five years, five to 10 years. Um, We're already seeing record numbers of kids that want to go online only. Now, are parents going to, like you, take the initiative to say, my child's education is his future or his, her, her future. And I have a vested interest in that. What America's lost is a vested interest in their kids' education. Yeah. People take their kid to school. Their Just kid daycare. goes through. <laughs>
0: like.
1: How was your day, honey? Good. Boom. Up in the room, no more discussion. Ugh. And that is, sadly, the overwhelming majority.
0: It breaks my heart. Right? It breaks my heart.
1: People always say all the time, oh, my gosh, I want to move to the good neighborhood, good school. It doesn't even matter if you're in a good neighborhood, good school. Right. Do you care enough to know the teacher? Can you text them? Right. Does that teacher text you back if your kid's acting up? Have you like set responsibilities with your child about the way they're going to communicate what they're doing in school? Gone. Yep. These things are... And now, I feel like that's why everything's just going to be online because a lot of the kids are just going to be like not succeeding in person. Right. And their parents are going to be like, oh my gosh, mental health, let's go all online. And I think that's... I'm I really think yours. that's the next wave.
0: I, just, I don't know. It's so it's crazy because this morning, so I flew in this morning and they had, um, we've been learning about Australia and the Aboriginal people and the Maui and, you know, just the amazing kind of stories that the, the Aboriginal people talked about how, you know, Earth was formed, right? And they have these stories passed down about this snake have you learned, have you read about this? I have not, but this is is so amazing. Okay. So they have these fables, these stories, and this is, you know, what their religious belief system was. And so there was this mother snake and she, um, would, um, she put her nose into the ground and pushed it up and that's what created the mountains and the hills. And then it rained. And so as it was raining, she slithered through and that created the rivers. And then, um, they were saying that, you know, her, breast milk basically fertilized the soil and that's what created the rainforest and sprouted, you know, the trees. And then she started working with the animals where she knew that the birds would survive in a certain place. So she took them there and mammals needed to be here and the fish needed to be here. And so that's their story. That's and this,
1: can you say who it is again? The Aborigines?
0: The Aborigines. Okay. Yeah. The Aboriginal people had these, you know, fables basically. And then um, they have this rock called Uluru. Right There's this rock and it is a very sacred thing for them because they feel like that was the beginning of existence for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, everyone has their own belief system. But if you can imagine up until a few years ago, I think probably early 2000s, people were allowed to climb on that rock. And people were putting trash on that rock. And can you imagine what that felt like to these people? That this was the creation of the world and people are throwing their water bottles and their gum wrappers. And so thank goodness now, you know, the government has now given it back to the people. And they're able, I mean, because look, so many things happen. You know, my kids learned that um, they weren't allowed to speak their mother tongue. They were only allowed to speak English and they couldn't talk about their traditions. And so all of this is now being given back to these people and celebrated and so you know it's like they took this test about you know Antarctica and the Arctic and New Zealand and you know they just they wrote so bro they were so excited to take their test this morning Mm -hmm. both my kids before I flew out and they both got 100% and you know like I read all this stuff and then my daughter was like she was so excited she's just so excited to learn even you know my husband says she hated school she hated school, and I'm like, because there was no excitement. Like, I'm so excited to get in there. She's the first one in my mm-hmm. schoolroom in the morning.
1: I was gonna wait. You say so? Is do you teach multiple? I do students. No, now? just my son just, and my daughter. Just okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now you had mentioned something earlier about saying your daughter was gifted, or was at least advanced for her age. Yes. I think these kids are by far the most. Um, most at, hard yes. hit yeah. at schools yes. Um, because there's gifted programs and stuff in elementary school. But then once you go into high school, you still just get AP, AP right. and honors classes. But the thing is, I think with the way that you're teaching, you're going a mile deep. yeah. And a lot of the teaching that these days is just scratching the surface. Right. We're going one inch across everything, but sometimes... You know, I feel it's way more beneficial to go a mile deep in something and go through all the trials and tribulations on how to solve things and really get into something as opposed to just worksheet today. Right. And it doesn't really carry on into anything else other than you just circled you know, four answers.
0: Right. Right. No, I mean, yeah. you know, there's
1: so much that goes by our crit,
0: it. like our critical thinking that I'm teaching and the logic that I'm thinking for me, it's like, I, I love language arts and math and science and social like all of those. And, and we'll start language, you know, this year, but just the critical thinking part for me, I just feel like in, in this life, if you can have that skill to critical, think yourself out of a problem, Man, it's just life is going to be so much easier for you.
1: Yeah, that's the the beauty of the classroom that I teach. Really? So w- students with emotional disturbance, uh, for the most part, in all schools where there is a, there's a location where there's a STAR program, they would be called STAR here in Nevada, um, all these students, like, there's no expectation. So... The only way that there is something expected of them is when they have somebody like a teacher like myself or maybe parents that are actually vested in care to like, they I, I can do whatever I want with these kids and I can make whatever I need to make in order to make them be successful. And this is, this is one of the things that I feel is the most impactful because if you have an IEP and if you're in these specialized classes and there's less students in the classroom, the impact is so great. Yeah, You know, the kids are way more willing to open up to you. The kids are way more willing to think harder on things that they normally wouldn't. Um, A lot of the times they they bring to me current events and they, they have their own breakdowns of it. And we're able to have this wonderful discussion. Like, I mean, sadly, that Travis Scott concert thing.
0: Oh, man. That was bad.
1: And, you know, it's teaching those kids, like, okay, which kind of pieces of news should we follow? Mm-hmm. Why do we feel like this happened? How do you feel about it? Right. A lot of, you know, I had a couple kids laugh, oh. you know, like, and you're talking about kids with emotional disturbance, right? They don't know how to process okay. eight people dying at a concert. Especially it's funny to them.
0: kids, too,
1: yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's like a weird age. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. We got to be empathetic to this one right here. This is serious. I've been to concerts. I mean, I'm sure you have too. Right. these festivals that get wild and it's like one person falls out and it's that loud. Not much you can do. Yeah. And I'm like, that's such a helpless situation. So it's teaching them mm-hmm. like, okay, now that I've taught them that we got to be a little empathetic. The next time that is presented to them in life, hopefully they go back to that conversation. And they're like, well, maybe I shouldn't laugh at this right away. Maybe I should process this. Maybe somebody needs help. Yeah. You know, maybe somebody needs to get an arm put around them. Those little things. But you aren't able to do that in a normal no. class. Oh my gosh, half of the time. This doesn't happen in normal classes. If people, people say, oh,
0: well, how, how long does your homeschool? I go, do you understand in public school, half the time is just getting kids in their seats. It's and transitioning. Qui- yeah, it's the transitions between like sit down, be quiet, get your books, what, you know, like the class clown's doing, whatever he's doing. It's, it's, not, it's not a full day of learning. So what, um, so you have teenagers, what, what, um, what does the day look like for you? Do you teach all subjects? Yes. Oh gosh.
1: Yes. So I teach, uh, and after this year, it's funny, I'm going to be a master. I'm in the state of Nevada. I'll be a master at uh, all subjects of teaching. So like, yeah, it's like a certain level you get once you teach more than three years on a subject. And since I teach all these subjects, I get to be a master now. So A day looks like, coming in, after we come in from breakfast and their first period and stuff, we usually, at the beginning of the day, identify what the day is going to look like. Emotionally. Because, first things first, you're not going to do anything with these kids in the morning unless you identify, are you able to say good morning to me? What happened last night? Did we eat? How long do we sleep? I need those four questions answered. Okay. So that that way, I know mentally... Okay, maybe he needs breakfast. Maybe he needs a nap for two hours. He needs, he's about to cry. Like, so like I have to like process that second period.
0: Oh my God. Okay. And how many kids are in your class?
1: We go like five. Okay. And they're max. ages
0: from, you said 13 up to what, 18, 19?
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. okay. Yep. Right in their high school range. So most of days, most days, very minimal stuff, very minor stuff. The kids are doing well. Uh, they're ready to work. Once all the students willingly give me their cell phones. That's a big thing. Oh, my. Yeah. I don't start until they willingly give me their cell phones or they put it in their backpack. Okay. But we make that mental note like, we're not using this. After I do all that, then we could do 10 minutes of mindfulness.
0: I love that.
1: Every single period. These kids need it more than ever. Yeah. They don't process anything. Like all their thoughts are just spur the moment. So teaching them mindfulness, whether it's guided meditations, positive affirmations, because a lot of them don't like themselves. Right. Right. Like telling them and teaching them to say that stuff. On top of a lot of the times these these students with disabilities come from parents that did a lot of drugs. Okay. So what you want to recreate in a student or a person that maybe have like a drug brain or an addictive brain Mm -hmm. is physical feeling so breathing techniques like wim hof getting them to release natural dmt in their body and endorphins that has resonated way more than i ever would have imagined but then it starts to make sense that's the way they're wired and they could either choose to use drugs later on in their life or they can learn the skills now to, I can recreate this feeling for myself. I know how to process my feelings. I know how to process my emotions. Boom. Yeah. So that's like, typically it takes about 15, 20 minutes on a good day. After that, then we have like assignments and a lot of these kids are, it's tough at that point to really pinpoint exactly what every kid needs academically. Okay. So I picture my job more as just the therapist, behavior coach, life coach. Are you on the straight and narrow? Do you love your mom? Are you going to go home today? You need a shower? Like that kind of stuff. Wow. Academics now take a real backseat. But if we get the chance to do academics, then we work on a lot of the critical thinking skills. I don't try to stress too much of math uh, or science to them. Okay. Biggest thing is reading. Yeah. Need you to read. Yeah. Need you to read because if you don't, if you leave here and you get a text message that you don't understand from your boss. Yeah. And then that message is actually telling you you need to be in work right now. Yeah. You're fired.
0: Not to mention the fact that when you read, you're creating those neural pathways, right? You're just <laughs> people have no idea the power of reading. I know because my <laughs> my husband will say stuff like, "Where did you store that word in your head?" Like I'll say, "I don't know." It's just, and I'm like. I had such an abusive childhood that my escape was through books. And I've just read hundreds of thousands of books from the time I was, I don't know how old. Oh, that's so nice. Love, love reading is my favorite thing to do. Well, that's
1: wonderful. I have not adopted the love of reading yet. I will say I like it. I think if I truly love something, it would be like a habit. Like I got to do it. Maybe um, this is just
0: like a subject. It's yeah, the same with my daughter. She didn't love reading until I we got this series on she loves dragons. And so there's this these mythical fantasy. These are the things that kind of I guess make her excited and want to read. And so she she's going through literally a book every day and a half now. This is a child that I did not want to read with literally like pulling teeth and I can't buy them fast enough. The series of books for her. Oh, that's
1: nice. Just maybe, to find something she's well, interested in. Maybe the switch is flipped. Cause I feel like it's very possible, you know, like maybe it's just now we're going to read like this forever. I think for me, the biggest jump was I was such a slow reader Okay. and my comprehension, like I would have to reread things multiple times and it would frustrate me to be like, okay, now I finally understand this. But then after you practice it so many times, you just slow down your pace. You're picking it up as you're putting down. Yeah. At that point, that's when I started to enjoy reading. Okay. And I wasn't afraid of it.
0: Yeah. No, my son's the same way. I always just say like, just make me see that picture in my head, right? Read slow enough and loud enough. I want to see it, Levi. I want to see it. So just give it to me, right? Like that's the best gift you can give to me when he's reading. And he gets really excited then, right? I'm like, make this movie in my head. And so now he reads out loud and he had like, you know, I had speech impediment. I had a speech impediment as well. I think I used to say muttered. A like gamma third, again, a third. <laughs> and so I had to go to speech class. And I, I was wondering, like, how they treat the kids at your school because I know when I would have to go to speech, they would call me the R word, mm-hmm. which is a word that I will never use. Yeah,
1: they call it themselves.
0: They call themselves that.
1: Yeah, Ugh. you know what I said? Like really low self image. Oh man. Like, you deal with like because they might be called it at home. Ugh. The thing is, they uh, they know because I, I make them aware of it. I'm like, you guys are in a specialized environment. Right. I don't sugarcoat it. I don't try to hide. And I'm saying, but you guys are in the best case scenario that you can ever be because I actually care. Like there's some people that get into this and they don't care because the money doesn't permit. I'll I'll say that going into year three now, I'll say that there's a reason the good ones leave. Yeah. Because there's a lot more change to be made at maybe the collegiate level. And then when you sign things in a legislation, then you get for sure changes. Um, But at that point you're losing somebody who would have been driven for that individual student, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: So I'm sorry. What was your question? I, I, you said, Oh, yeah. you had mentioned how they, they say it to themselves right? or they used to say that to you. Yeah. How would that make you feel like what the
0: worst? Like there was some, I, I just would, I felt like a loser like the word and it was just one part of my day that I needed to go to speech therapy that's it and so I just remember when my son needed it I just he didn't do it in school yeah I just didn't want him to go through it because I know kids are so as mean as kids were back then they're a thousand times worse today yeah and even though there's nothing i mean i think my kids are pretty attractive looking dude you know what i mean mm-hmm. but they still anytime that they can find something to make fun of someone they're gonna do it because look people most kids for me i feel like it, if, to do anything to make themselves feel better because they don't feel good about themselves inside and so anything they can do to make themselves feel better, even if it's at the expense of putting someone else down, they're gonna do it.
1: It's that temporary happiness. It's I'm terrible. Always, I'm always telling them about. It. I'm like, you're gonna be temporarily happy. Yeah. Promise you, you're gonna feel bad about it after.
0: I know. And here we are, like, this, not to say that I'm some innocent household. I mean, I had half a bottle of wine last right. than night, <laughs> but no, I'm like some innocent household. But it was funny because my my kids at one point had come from from public school and said. Oh my gosh, mom, you know, so and so, you know, used the f-word in class and I thought, "Oh my gosh, they're probably in second or third grade and and then I was thinking, okay, wait a minute, cuz there's another f-word that we don't say cuz we, we I would we don't use the word fat. I think that's a really bad thing to say to someone." Mm. And so they I thought they said the f-word, they used actually the whole thing and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I might I need to expose my kids to some more Traumatic. Yeah, life I watched like
1: South Park and like Comedy Central oh at gosh. the age of eight. Oh, I was oh, I was fully dipped. I was also like I told you, I was in a coach household. Yes. So I was around locker room yeah, talk,
0: boys' boys' room,
1: tossing around. You know the yeah the words of the demon. <laughs> but
0: uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's cool. So what happens? Do you ever have a a kid? I'm sure this happens a lot. That just has an utter meltdown.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Do you want to hear about a good one? I, I always give people this one as just a kind of, this is what can possibly happen okay. every single day. So this student um, is a student that had ADHD and he was on and off his medication. So okay. in order for ADHD medication to be effective, it's got to be every day, same time, good routine. So that way you can develop a baseline of, is this working? And you, know, you can see the results. So him being on and off it, then it truly allow us to understand what kind of days he was going to have. Okay. This student comes in. He uh, was kicked out of a class. So I don't know what happened in that class. But he came into our class and then he immediately took everything that was on my desk and swiped it off. Oh, man. Com- we're talking computer. We're talking like everything you possibly have. He starts taking chairs, throwing chairs. Wow. Meanwhile, like this kid just walked in. This is maybe 10 seconds. So this is the stuff of tre- like teaching, right, that there's no training for. No. None. So that kid does that. Uh, first thing, automatically, everyone's heightened senses. Everyone's like, what in the world's going on? So then we send the kids out, all the kids that I was teaching at the time. Okay. So now it's just me and the kid. Okay. Just throw in chair. I know. First <laughs> off, never good just to have two people. Like a one-on-one with a student. That student says anything in that moment that can jeopardize my right. job, I'm There's done. no
0: witnesses. Yeah.
1: I'm done. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm so fired. Uh, so I'm in there one-on-one. I eventually get the kid, as he's about to throw the next chair, I get him to set the chair down. And I have him just look at me, and I'm like, we just cannot be throwing chairs. I was like, I'll let you go crazy, but we're not going to throw chairs. Way too dangerous. So then he sets it down. And he starts kicking my door. Oh, gosh. And like, I, I was like, I'm surprised he's not breaking his toes because he's kicking it hard. And I'm like, dude, why are we doing this? Like, we got to stop kicking the doors. Meanwhile, now that the commotion's kind of drawn in attention from other teachers, right? we have like support on the way. So like the, most of the time, like, you don't have time to call backup when a kid does this. Wow. You really are just like at the whim of somebody noticing and walking by and being like, oh, I'll help.
0: And he was just angry. What was he? Did he finally get to the root of Why he was so angry?
1: The story continues after he's kicking the door. He goes to the next room where he left, where he got kicked out of. And he starts banging and kicking on her door. By that time, I'm trying to escort him down to like a holding cell almost that we have in the office that allows the kid just to be alone and calm down. He then just makes a beeline to the gym. He starts sprinting away from us. So, like, it's like now he just can't let you go. Now you're crazy and you're loose. Oh, gosh. So then we got to sprint after him. Foot
0: pursuit. He goes <laughs> to
1: the gym. And do you remember, like, when bleachers are like pressed up against yes. the wall?
0: Yes, to make room for. And yeah. then
1: you have, like, the little steel side banisters that, like, keep people from falling off the edge of the bleachers. Uh huh. He starts climbing up these. Oh, gosh. And we have tall bleachers. And uh, <clears throat> at that point in time, Like we were setting up like pads underneath him just in case he fell. But he was not talking to anybody. He just was in his own mood. These are the kind of swings that happen off of ADHD medication. Okay. After he gets to the top, we're able just to ramp it down. And then we have a conversation. And all it was is that the teacher told him to put his phone away. And she took his phone, which is – I said it earlier – You have to willingly give me your phone. Right. I'm never going to snatch your stuff. Like, that's your personal property. Yeah. Not going to snatch it, but you need to willingly give it to me. So she snatched it, and then he went. Wow. Pretty. That's the craziest it's ever been. I thought that kid was going to fall off the bleachers, crack his head open, and. Yeah. I was like. Am I going to get fired for this?
0: You just don't. I don't think people out there, well, maybe maybe people do, but I don't ever think of like ADHD in, in that way. Like there's that kind of a violent upswing because it's attention deficit. Right. Mm-hmm. Disorder. So meaning you can't focus. So they give them the medicine. What do they give nowadays? Ritalin or Adderall or whatever they give to kids. This or- is
1: where I feel there's a huge disconnect. Okay. I don't know a goddamn medication and what it does and how it helps and affect my kids. Yeah. But I have to be with them eight hours a day. Right. So it's up to the discretion of parents. Okay. Um, to disclose that information.
0: Because the theory, I think, is that um, it's supposed to speed up the brain, right? So they keep that attention, and mm-hmm. therefore, I don't know.
1: I, you know, the thing that I've noticed when they do take their medication regularly, okay, there's a still calmness, really, like a very meditative. I would attribute it to what a lot of people go through when they take that kind of medication, like Kanye West, especially. Yeah, like you feel like your brain is clouded. Okay. You don't understand why you're not moving as much, but you're just not moving as much. Maybe like taking an edible. Okay. Where they're just like chilling mellow Which is crazy because
0: you've got housewives that are taking Adderall and then it's like Coke for them because they don't really need it. And they're like losing all this weight and like cleaning the house in two hours. Yeah.
1: Why? What is the like cool part of taking Adderall? Like I, I don't get it. I, you, I saw it as a study drug
0: weight loss i think is, is it weight loss yeah. is that
1: it mm-hmm. does it like make you work out more or like you just don't want to eat
0: i don't know like i i have a gluten thing so i'm already losing enough weight i don't take yeah. it but, but um but yeah from what i understand it's uh no they don't necessarily want to work out or have the time to work out and they don't want to build muscle they don't want like a healthy body they want that skinny like unhealth, I think it's unhealthy. Sorry, it's a personal opinion. That super skinny thing, and um, then I guess you just get a bunch of shit done when you're on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, which is I, the you opposite
0: said- for someone who really needs it, because it actually slows them down. Right to process.
1: Right, but this is why I feel there needs to be a connection between, like, especially students that do take medication. Yeah. Or parents, like, you got to disclose that information to the teachers. Right. Obviously, if it's sensitive information, you know. Disclose it at your own
0: yeah discretion. Disc-
1: discretion, but it helps us out tremendously because I mean, at the end of the day, eight hours with a person—that's a third of the day.
0: Yeah, but you see, know? you care. That's the difference. You're like you're a rarity, George. Because not to say all to i sh- look. I think teaching is you're not getting paid. You're putting a lot of your own personal funds and money into making sure that your kids have everything, not every teacher, but there's a lot of teachers out there. It's a lot, a lot like nursing, right? Where you're just, just the dedication that you give to these kids that are in, in your lives. But, not every teacher. I mean, when I was trying to figure out what was going on with my daughter, it, there wasn't anything going on other than the fact that I was getting a report that basically said she would get um, A on homework, she was getting A's or B's on tests, mainly A's, um, and then, she, you know, whatever else, A's and B's, and then it said classwork like a D or an F. I'm like, Where's that disconnect? Like, so she knows enough to pass the test and get an A, and she's doing great on her homework. Something's happening in that classroom, and I need to understand what that is. And so I kept asking the teacher, Can we talk? Can we sit down? What's going on? Are you noticing anything? Nope, she's good. I'm like, She's like, Oh, she doesn't really participate that much. And I'm like, Okay, so she's maybe a little nervous in class. She's like, I think I'll call on her more. And I'm like, Well, no probably that's not the right course to force her now to come and be a part of a conversation. Like that's, I don't think that's the right thing to do, but you're the teacher. Um, I kept asking, asking, okay, so fast forward a year and I had to go get her tested right with Mm -hmm. this woman. It was a whole week of tests. I got tested first. Then everyone who had been a part of her life, teachers, if they had a babysitter, my husband, me, we had to fill out the form. I pick up the form For Mrs. Flowers, I'm gonna call your ass out. Mrs. Flowers, (laughs) right? Mrs.
1: Flowers. Shots fired. Here we go. Yeah,
0: Mrs. Flowers. And so I had asked her a million times, gone to a million, you know, parent, teacher things. Nope, she's good. She whatever. Look on the form. She's like, stares off into space. all this stuff, like uh, that, I have been begging. Like, is something happening with my kid that I don't know about? So then, of course, you know, get her tested, and then the lady's like, "There's something wrong with her. She doesn't have ADHD. She doesn't have anything. She's just, like, doesn't need an IEP. She's just." They're not teaching her in a way that she wants to be taught. Mm-hmm. So she'll decide. Like if she had one of those Scholastic News, you know these things. Yes, you know, these things, I oh have, my definitely. gosh, these Scholastic News. You remember
1: those, Travis? <laughs> do you,
0: did you those do little... Scholastic yeah, I News?
1: I do actually. It's been ho- unlocked memory. Again. It's been. Yeah, sorry, same, <laughs> I know. Dude, so
0: these Scholastic News, where you have to read a little article and then in the back has this multiple choice thing. So if it, if it was about butterflies, she's gonna get a hundred percent. If it was about you know Jackie Robinson, some she's not gonna get she doesn't give a shit i'm sorry like i love baseball i love anyone who's an icon but she personally didn't care about baseball so it's like she just the stuff that she cared about and so i'm like but you care and that's amazing because we need more people like you but
1: it's like what else are you gonna do yeah you know i feel there's a reason why people like give up it's like you know there's a there's a beauty to the process and I've seen it in coaching and I've seen it in a lot of successful people. And it's just falling in love with today. I'm gonna just going to try everything I can. I'm going to do everything possible in me to benefit somebody's life. I'm going to try to make somebody smile. Yeah. I'm going to try to learn something. And then I'm just going to do it all over again. Like, I don't know, My after doing so much mindfulness with the kids, you start to really understand this journey that you're on. And it's like a lot, like, I mean, 60-something years left on this planet for me. Hopefully. Yeah. Like that's a long time. Yeah. And so why not care? Yeah, you you know? have more life in front of happy. you than
0: you do. So is it your why? Is teaching your why? Is that your passion in life?
1: I think my why is just, uh, it's a it's a mixture between teaching and something here with the studio. Okay. It's like, I understand there's an impactful message behind teaching. Yeah. And this studio gives me the key to kind of unlock that true passion yeah and we're even trying to bring in people at the studio to train them and teach them and possibly work with the school district in getting those kids to come in here and intern and stuff
0: wow so
1: like i think <clears throat> the older i get and like the more i just talk to people there's so many th- like cool things that people are willing to do for you yeah cool programs and stuff that i'm invested in so i think it's it's a mixture my why is a lot of different things but I, I think I care about myself the most. That's the great place to start.
0: Yeah. 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 It really is. I mean, if you think about, you know, I know Ryan Seacrest does a whole radio station at uh, one of the children's hospitals and, um, and I know how impactful that has been for those kids, right? That, I mean, even I saw the other day, I saw this picture and I'm like TikTok chunky now, but I saw this picture and there's like, all these dogs lined up getting ready to go into the kids rooms at the hospital, Mm -hmm. right. For the therapy. And just like, Oh my God, I don't know. We just, uh, I don't know. Bottom line, you're a good guy. I think oh, you're awesome i appreciate it Thank yeah you. i mean we we need more people like you in the world because look i mean you have a, a definite desire and passion to change other people's worlds mm-hmm. and can you imagine if there was any other teacher beside you in these kids lives what their future would look like
1: i can't yeah i, I choose not to yeah because it, that it can it can bring you down yeah it can bring you down so i know what we're doing at las vegas high school is amazing yeah shout out to principal ron gerzon and <laughs> nice all the the amazing people that have set me up there i work with my father there as well do
0: you really so
1: shout out to my dad yeah
0: oh my gosh that's amazing yep
1: it is I, honestly i got to the last three years i've taught with him so like since i've started wow yeah
0: how did you end up at the same school as him
1: I don't know, you know it's, it's 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 connections he's been in Kismet. the district, so that person that I showed at the beginning, the principal, my yeah. father had worked with him previously, he's one of like the most well known educated professionals in in las Vegas, okay, real like people person. I would say, if you love me, he's like what I look up to be, oh man, you know, so he is the man, but so is my pops, I love that, yeah.
0: Well, wow, congratulations Thank to you. Las Vegas. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man, is... you've been awesome. Look, I anyone out there that is thinking about getting into teaching, you know, I would say consider, you know, going into this specified field of teaching because there's a lot more kids getting diagnosed for whatever reason. I'm not gonna be a, you know, pathologist or a doctor or say like what's happening, whether it's our food or pesticides or whether it's vaccine. I'm not gonna say that. All I know is that or we have better ways of diagnosing these things. Yeah, I was like, we're getting,
1: we're getting smarter. Right? We're,
0: getting, we're smarter getting smarter at these things. And so we're able to kind of catch them and hopefully, you know, um, because before, I, I think you just went into special ed and that was it. Special ed was just. Let's just get rid of the problem kids. You're not really actually doing this specialized type of, of teaching and this mindfulness, which is just, just such a beautiful thing, George.
1: I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank I'm you keep so on much. Mission. Yep. Yes, no please problem. do. Thank please you. do.
0: Thanks for coming on the show. Definitely. All right, everyone. Thank you again for watching. What a great show. Um, stay tuned for the next one. And uh, I appreciate all your support, all your listening, and um, the messages that I'm getting. Keep them coming. And hopefully, I'll keep doing this for quite a while as well. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.